<laughs> Hello, everybody. This is John Moore from the Denver Center, and today our special guest is Christy Montour Larson, director of the upcoming production of Shadowlands. Welcome, Christy. Hi, John. I wanted to start by pointing out that uh, last month we had the same playwright being produced at the Curious Theater Company and the Denver Center Theater Company, but now we've got a situation where we have the same director <laughs> directing plays at the Denver Center and Curious because you just opened Good People at Curious. Yes, I did. While you're preparing for Shadowlands to open here, what has that challenge been like for you as a director to do two shows at once? Well, it is always interesting. The world of a director is either feast or famine. So this fall, I didn't have a gig at all. And then sometimes two wonderful stories fall into your lap at the same time. So I did a lot of prep work over the summer and over the fall. So when we started rehearsals for Shadowlands, I was two weeks into rehearsal for Good People. So during the day, I was rehearsing Shadowlands. And in the evening, I was um, in final rehearsals for Good People. One of the things that we have in common is that we both have directed always Patsy Cline. Yes. And I love talking to you about that because (laughs) you couldn't get any further from the content of an always Patsy Cline and Shadowlands. But are there things about the way you go about the directing process that stay the same no matter what show you're doing? Oh, sure. I mean, there's just some things about script analysis that are as old as time itself that apply to matter what play you're doing. Um, I, I can find a door into a lot of different types of stories. And so as much as I love uh, Patsy Cline music, um, I also was a big fan as a child of C.S. Lewis. And so those were not difficult doors for me to crack open at all. The more and more I do this, the more and more ephemeral I think it is. I've heard people say you have to do something 10,000 hours before you become a master at it. And I'm getting close to it, having done 100 plays. and um, You're too young. That's not possible. <laughs> well, I started directing, you know. When you were four. Yes, I, in, in daycare. <laughs> yes. Just organizing people around in different stage pictures. Yeah. Yeah. So now you're doing Shadowlands. Yes. What's your approach to directing this production? Well, I think the most significant thing about Shadowlands is was a decision that was made before I was brought into the project, was to do it in the space theater, mm-hmm. which is in the round. And that in itself uh, creates a wonderful opportunity to put the emphasis on the characters. And so we have a very simple approach when it should be simple, and therefore when, we, when there are magical moments in this play, we have the resources to be able to do that. For those people who may be aware of who C.S. Lewis was but don't know about the play, tell us a little bit about what this story focuses on. C.S. Lewis, the incredibly intelligent, beautiful story writer who is also well-known to be a Christian apologist. Um, He converted to Christianity in his 30s quite famously and wrote and lectured about, uh, about what it meant to be a Christian in the 1950s in Oxford. In his middle age, he's a confirmed bachelor, lives with his brother, and thinks that life is going well for him, and he's happy. And then he starts corresponding with an American woman, uh, formerly Jewish, formerly communist, who is also a Christian convert herself. And in this correspondence, they get to know each other very well. He has often said, she writes as if she knows me. And when she visited Oxford on a trip, their friendship blossomed. And when her marriage in America fell apart and she gets a divorce, she moves to England. Now, this creates a challenge for her because to stay in England, she needs to have visa papers. So they marry technically. 
So he basically married her as a favor. As a favor, so, as a friend, as, right. as a friend. Now, it's interesting that a man of God would regard the, the institution of matrimony as a means to an end. Right. I think part of the challenge of the play is how C.S. Lewis wrestles with his faith in contrast to what's happening with his feelings. Tell us a little bit about how C.S. Lewis experiencing love for the first time actually shakes the foundation of his faith. Oh, that's really interesting. I think it's, it's probably pretty scary when you think your life is all planned out and plotted and everything's going great, and then something happens to you that pulls the rug out from under it. It's unsettling. Yeah. to have that happen to you. And that happens in our play, too, that he experiences these emotions, what happens, you know. But one of the messages of the play is that when you really open up your heart to great love, then you really experience everything that it means to be a human being on the planet, and this is, the good and the bad. It's not necessarily just a story about love, but it's also a story about loss. He begins to play saying, tonight I'm going to talk to you about love, pain, and suffering. And to ask the questions about if God loves us, then why does he give us pain, and why do we suffer? And he asked that question in an intellectual, philosophical way at the beginning. And his journey through that is that he starts to get the personal experience of what it really means to be in love, and therefore what pain really is, and also what suffering is, and, um, and to accept it. Sometimes when we tell people that this is an intellectual play, they run screaming. So, but that's why <laughs> but I think of it. But it's a love story. Yeah, I think of it as a story it's about love. An and, unlikely and, love story because he's British. He is, you know, um, in his mid to late 50s. And this woman is from New York. Mm-hmm. And it's a funny thing about life, you know, not all of us get married, not all of us experience even love. But one thing is for sure that unless we die tragically young, we all experience loss. Well, C.S. Lewis wrote what is considered to be one of the greatest books about grief ever, called A Grief Observed. And he wrote this slim little novel, the first line being, I never knew that grief felt so much like fear. He wrote it under a pseudonym mm-hmm. um, because he didn't want his fans or his followers to connect him with such a personal book that he wrote. In fact, people would suggest to him the very book that he wrote as a way of helping him cope through the loss that he went through. But fear is is almost, to a Christian, fear is almost the antithesis of of faith, isn't it, though? I mean, the whole idea of of having faith is not being afraid of dying because you know where you're going. Being able to give yourself over to... I don't know. I mean, you could also say that, you know, uh, Mother Teresa, it was discovered that she went through many years of her own life of doubt on the existence of God, and that must have been quite fearful for her. But you can come, if, when you can come out through the, the other side to faith, um, maybe fear needs to be part of it. For those people who just know of C.S. Lewis as the creator of the Narnia series, do they experience connections to the, to the Narnia series when they come to see the play? Oh, absolutely. Um, well, first of all, um, there's a little boy in the play. Um, this is Joy Gresham's son, Douglas. And... C.S. Lewis has a connection to this boy for several reasons. Uh, one is because C.S. Lewis lost his mother when he was at the age of eight of cancer and um, had a, impact, a large impact on his life. There are many books written about the Chronicles of Narnia where people say that one of the reasons why he, was, he envisioned Narnia was about children who would go into this magical world, and this was an escape for C.S. Lewis as a child. I was just so, walking through the shops, and I did see that there's a wardrobe under Oh, yes. Yes, um, there is a wardrobe that is on stage the entire time. We're not going to say any more about that. Right. (laughs)
We all have our stories of loss, but I think one of the reasons that this story is so universal is when we experience loss, as I call it, loss out of order or loss um, too soon. Oh, yeah. Can I ask you why this story of loss has such a personal connection to you? Well, like C.S. Lewis, I lost my mother to cancer. Um, not as young as he was, but I was, in my, I was a young adult. I was in my early 20s when my mother, I was 19 when my mother was diagnosed and I was 25 when she died at the age of 49 after battling cancer. And there are lines in the text that are very similar to, I think, a lot of people's experience. You know, misdiagnosis, uh, surgery, chemo, radiation, more surgery, apparent recovery, intense pain, and then finally death. And you also lost your father at a young age, too. I did. My father died in a car accident when I was 19. So, so recently you had a birthday where you became older than either of your parents were in life. So how does that color your creative process when you're directing this play? Well, I have to say I feel incredibly blessed that as I wake up every day and the sun is shining and I'm experiencing something that my parents never got to do, it's a constant reminder about how incredibly blessed I am to be here on this planet. And you add on that I get to be working on this beautiful play with a really great cast with the uh, beautiful support of the Denver Center. It's, it's weird, though, but yeah. it's wondrous. Well, I imagine going through the experience that you have. That you have a play that before I said is a play about love and loss. And yeah. to you, it's probably very much a play about living life. Right, because that earth keeps turning, and it keeps going around the sun. Now, we have a newcomer in the role of C.S. Lewis, and I want to give you an opportunity to talk about your actors in the show. Oh, great. Well, Graham Malcolm is joining us here in Denver. He uh, was born in Scotland, but spent most of his uh, growing up years in England. And then Kathleen McCall is playing Joy, and this is our first time working together. We just had a stumble through of Act One yesterday, and boy, it was really dynamite to see those guys play off each other. When I hear Kathleen McCall's name being mentioned, I always have to say that she's part of the legendary Colorado football family, the McCall family, for anybody who knows anything about college or high school sports. But as we wrap this up, I think it's good for people to have their faith and their beliefs challenged Mm -hmm. and perhaps reinforced by the time it's over. Oh, absolutely. And I think also he's been very much in the news lately because it was just the 50th anniversary of his death. He died on November 22nd, 1963 which was the same day as John F. Kennedy was assassinated, his death became overshadowed by that the national tragedy, even though it was across the pond. And he just got a um, stone in Westminster Abbey. Just now. Just now. Wow. So Fascinating. Long overdue. So we're going to go let you do some directing. Okay. I know, right? Thank you for coming in i got to dig into Act 2 now. <laughs> there you, thanks for coming in early and joining us. Sure, happy we'll, to. We'll see you all at Shadowlands. Okay. Shadowlands plays from March 28th through April 27th at the Space Theater in the Denver Performing Arts Complex. For tickets, call 303-893-4100 or go to www.denvercenter.org. Also, join me, John Moore, at Page to Stage at the Tattered Cover with special guest stars Christy Montour-Larson and her Shadowlands stars Graham, Malcolm, and Kathleen McCall. That's a free hour-long panel discussion at noon on Tuesday, April 8th at 2526 East Colfax Avenue. Thanks for joining us.